Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. It is Georgia, Florida week. This is the Georgia show. It is a chopping wood Wednesday. Jake Rowe, Palmer Toms on the line with me, fellas. Uh, you guys have been chopping wood yourselves uh, with the dogs, I and the Gators. And I think that the rest of Georgia's season, I don't think there's any doubt about it, starts in Jacksonville this weekend. Uh, let's start off with Jake Rowe and uh, hear your thoughts right now. You had a, a quick injury update on A.D. Mitchell and uh, Jalen Carter. Let's not bury the lead here. What's the latest on those two guys? Yeah, I don't want to give it all away, uh, but um, basically, you know, Kirby didn't didn't sound too optimistic on that guys on those two guys uh, from when he talked to us yesterday. The good news there is that both of them are getting some practice in. The bad news is I think it's very unlikely that either one of them play against Florida. And then, you know, I think Jalen Carter's got a chance to be back for Tennessee. I, I, I just don't know on A.D. Mitchell. That whole high ankle sprain deal is a big deal. It's very touchy. I, you know, I talked to a guy that, you know, kind of helped me rehab both knees, um, a guy I built a relationship with that – I had surgery on each of my knees in about a three-year, four-year span, ACL, quadriceps repair, 
Um, and I told yeah, you the six million dollar man. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I, I mean, it, it, neither one of them are in good shape, but uh, and neither am I. Uh, but they, uh, he, he was doing me a like Jake. He's dealt with a lot of high ankle sprains, a lot of them. Uh, so many of them are, you know, very different than the other. They're temperamental. You know, it's, you know, you think you feel you can wake up feeling great one day and you feel like crap before you go to bed that night, just kind of how. You know, everything works, and uh, it's why there's a specific procedure that you can have to repair it. It's called a tightrope procedure. Cedric Tillman for Tennessee had it. He's still not back, and he's been out for several weeks. Tua had it. It's a different <clears throat> issue when you're trying to play quarterback with that position. Arian Smith had it, and he was out for probably – Palmer, I don't know. You'd have a better idea, maybe like eight weeks uh, with it. So it's- Yeah, I think, I think it ended up being um... – think it was like six ish but I, I think he first came back first dressed out at the six week mark but it, maybe that missouri game where it felt like he started to make an impact was probably around the eight week mark yeah so you know and, and ad has been has felt good enough to come back at some point right like he came back and tried to play against auburn um apparently didn't react very well to that so um, I don't know what to expect from A.D. Mitchell. Um, and I had some more stuff in there on Jalen Carter I don't want to talk about really on the podcast as for our subscribers over at uh, Dogs HQ. But um, Yeah, no freeloaders. Yeah, no freeloaders. Uh, you know, not, not a big fan of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the injury front, I don't think he's going to play against Florida unless, you know, he just – you know, comes on here in the you know towards the end of the week. The fact that he has gotten a little work in this week, I think maybe does give him a little bit of a chance. So when you look at that though, and, and you think about the fact that they missed so much time, you know, I'm tempted to look at what Georgia's done already this season, and I'm I'm thinking, look, they're uh, top five, top ten in the country in offense, total offense. They're not too far behind Tennessee, about a touchdown behind Tennessee on offense. And then on defense, they're top five overall. I mean, they're getting teams off the field on third down. They're converting on third down. I mean, they're making it work. But then I also remember, well, outside of Oregon and South Carolina, who they played. They're about to play two uh, defenses that are going to challenge them in in different ways. You know, Tennessee's going to challenge the secondary, but Florida – Listen, don't sleep on the Gators and their ability to run the football. I mean, one of the better run teams in the country. That offensive line is a pretty good offensive line. I've looked at it. I've watched them. Uh, the whole, you know, low sack numbers and yards per carry thing is not some smoke and mirrors deal. They do a pretty decent job. Um, so, uh, you know, that Georgia's defense is going to get tested here these next couple of weeks, and we'll see what it looks like without uh, Jalen Carter. But, you know, the good news is Smile Monday's back. And I oh, think yeah. that's a, I, I think that obviously you want Jalen Carter back first and foremost, um, you know. But but I didn't think Smile Munden that injury was very far behind that one, uh, simply because of all the different you know from with his length and his speed what he brings to you at inside linebacker. Yeah, let's talk about Smile. You were uh, big on him. I could tell you you've written quite a bit about it. Spilled a lot of ink on Smile's return. I don't think we can understate it. I mean, what is he bringing to the dogs uh, almost in a sneaky, quiet fashion? I mean, we don't, he's not a household name for a lot of Georgia fans, but he does put a lot on tape when he's out there. I think he's sitting there at number three 
uh, at three and a half uh, tackles for a loss uh, for a game uh, per game, uh, or no, sorry, for the season. And then I think he's three in total tackles, right, Palmer? I he mean, is, he is third that, in total tackles. That's missing two games. So obviously he was being very productive. And that's missing part of the Missouri game as well. So obviously he was super productive. He's uh he's just a different cat at linebacker. I mean, he brings some of the same things to the table that Georgia got out of Roquan Smith and Nicobe Dean in in a little bit maybe more of a bigger, longer package. Um he, you know, he's kind of he's he's fast like Roquan, uh, but he's instinctive and and you know, like Nicobe. And I think early in the year he was maybe playing with some uncertainty and maybe thinking a little bit, but he was getting better. He was getting better, you know, week by week and was starting to make more plays. And um, he, he, like I said, he brings a speed element to that inside linebacker position that, uh, that, that every team is looking for. Um, other than smile coming back, uh, what are some other, I guess, whether it's injuries or just getting a second wind after the bye week, you guys had your superlatives that you wrote about uh, guys that won the first half of the season. But uh, as far as breakout contenders go on this team, with Florida being the chance to really get started, uh, I don't want to say that Florida is necessarily going to be an easy game, even though the spread indicates that. Um, who are some guys that uh, you think might benefit from a little bit of a ramp up into the Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi State stretch? I'll go with one, um, and, and I know you're going to, based on what we talked about before the show, I know you're going to give us a little bit of a, a sneak peek into your conversation with Brad Nessler, uh, but I, I think Brock Bowers is is ready for that. Um, just talking to people that have watched and, and covered Florida, Tennessee, um, those two teams specifically, the next two on Georgia's schedule, Neither of them has has defended the tight end position all that well. Um, Florida had trouble early in the season against Utah, had trouble the next week against Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee has had trouble against Alabama. Um, you know, there is certainly um, a lot that I feel is left out there for Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that both those guys certainly, um, you know, get, I talked to the folks over at Gators online this week um, for a little bit of their version of a Q&A, Know Your Foe. Um, and, um, you know, they, they, they asked me about those two guys. And I, I said, personally, I think the offense for Georgia is at its best when it's run through those two guys. Um, you know, it opens things up for everyone else. Um, it opens things up for the wide receivers because you have to draw attention to them. It opens things up for the running running game because you have to draw attention to them. So I think Brock Bowers is in for a big uh, breakout second half of the season. It's hard to call it a breakout because everyone knows exactly who he is and where he is at all times, but he's so difficult to defend that I think that he could have some really strong games here, um, Florida, Tennessee, and, and on into the postseason. You know, when I when I see a Georgia opponent that struggles with covering the tight end, you know, obviously I feel like it almost makes me want to go away from Bowers because I just know that he's <clears throat> such a focal point that maybe they're going to, you know, bar a little bit too much from Peter to pay Paul. Uh, and so I think sometimes you you maybe I, I would I my mind turns to Darnell Washington when that happens, and I know. I know, uh, you know, Brock Bowers has more receptions. It's like a yards. double cross. Right, yeah. yeah. It's just almost like, well, 
you know, I know that if they struggle against the tight end, then they know they struggle against the tight end. Well, then they're going to have to spill some resources towards this stud tight end. And then this other stud tight end is the one that's going to, it's kind of almost like a passing on down the line type deal. Uh, you know, if it, I'll go with one guy from each side of the ball. I, I think, you know, and I've praised this guy in the first half already. Warren Brinson, I think. Knew you were going to go there. Get him completely healthy. You know, get him healthier. Jake Rowe wears Warren Brinson pajamas. I do. I do. I'm a big Warren Brinson guy. I got a number 97 hanging around here somewhere. Uh, I wish I did. It would it'd be a Marcus Stroud one. Uh, I was a big Marcus Stroud guy <laughs> back in the day. That uh, that uh, sports That's illustrator. Back. Yeah, that that cover still goes pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, funny story. We actually ran into him in the Valdosta Mall about three weeks before that cover came out, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, my mom thought he was like making fun of my dad's Georgia hat at the time. And my mom was like, what, what's wrong with this hat? And, you know, he was like, no, ma'am, everything's fine. Everything's fine. My mom's a pretty fiery lady. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I think Warren Brinson, he's been battling that groin injury. And, you know, Palmer informed us that, again, I believe it was against Auburn, he played like a bukoodle number of snaps, like 30-something snaps. And that kind of surprised me. But he also played well in that game. He's also had some games where he's been more limited. And I think if you can get him to give you 25, 20 to 25 snaps a game, I think he's going to be really productive down the stretch of the season. Offensively, I like Branson Robinson. I think, you know, I told – I was talking to our guy J.D. Piquel the other day, and, and J.D. and I were talking about kind of, hey, where do you see this team going? Where do you see this team evolving? And honestly, I think one of the, one of the things to kind of hide in your back pocket for Georgia down the stretch is – I think that this team, you know, obviously Stetson's averaging 32 pass attempts per game. Georgia's got one of the best pass offenses in the conference. Uh, very productive. But I think Georgia is developing the ability to throw it 22 times, run it 45 times if it wants to, or run it 50 times if it wants to, having that option and win a ball game. And – I think that maybe down the stretch with some of these tougher games, that game's going to come up, whether it's because the pass game is struggling or whether it's because the run game is just better that day or whether it's you're in a tight game and, and you know, you've just got to kind of ground and pound and leave it up to those big tailbacks. I don't know, but I think that game might be coming up, and I think Georgia's ability to win it is a big one, and Branson Robinson will be a part of that. Uh, he's almost like uh... – Taken for granted, I feel like, and I started to realize this during the bye week. Uh, but Christopher Smith is doing such a good job for Georgia. I don't want us to get into the back half of the season without us highlighting what he's doing well. And it's one of those situations where you're not hearing his name, which is a good thing. When you watch film, guys, and you see him from up high from your vantage point in the press box, how solid is this guy? Is it all ability is it all experience where he just he's seen it all everything's been thrown at him now you can't really surprise him or is it just a perfect combination there there have been a couple of gaffes but you know i, I mean he, he does something once or twice every game that you're kind of like ah there's chris smith you know that's that's just kind of a chris smith play and uh that's that's kind of what he does for georgia and it's every game yeah, it's definitely a combination of the two. And I, I think that, you know, Kirby talked about Chris this week because we talked to Chris on Monday 
Um, but, you know, Kirby said that, that Chris is a guy that came in, you know, lesser, you know, was a talented player, but probably not, you, you, not a guy that you just plug and play right away. Um, and, and he has over time developed into a very strong player, um, you know, had, had trait cornerback traits, safety traits. They've cross trained him a little bit throughout his time at Georgia. Uh, and, and that really paid off, uh, you know, Jake, you pointed out to it talking about Dan Jackson, uh, in your insider notes, but the the game against against Tennessee last year, you know, and, and having Chris play star there was so huge to mo- a momentum swing for that game. Um, you know, the ability to play corner, uh, you know, while being at that safety spot, uh, you know, meant that he could step in at star. And so, you know, th- to me, it is a little bit of talent. It is a little bit of hustle. It's a little bit of heart. It's a little bit of it all for Chris Smith. Uh, and, and it's why he's quietly been one of the best players on this team in the country and why he's one of 12 semifinalists for the Thorpe Award. And it would not surprise me one bit if he were one of the three finalists. Uh, George is going to need him uh, against Anthony Richardson this week. Uh, we already talked about the tight ends for Georgia, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, and uh, you're going to hear this clip from Brad Nessler. Had a, uh, I guess if we had a show, it would be the Wes and Ness show. Palmer put that on Twitter. I think that has a nice ring to it. But uh, Brad Nessler, obviously on the call, he's jacked to see the dogs finally this season after kind of a slow start with Georgia's schedule. Uh, he kind of outlined what he's found in his notes as he's getting ready to watch this game alongside Gary Danielson, uh, everyone's favorite broadcaster as well. But here's Brad Nestle. When they got three tight ends in there, and I know that's kind of plotting and people think, well, you know, that's not the sexy look and that a lot of people have not the Tennessee type of thing. But, you know, I, I would, if I'm Coach Monk and I'm getting those guys involved early and often against Florida, Darnell Washington's coming along. They're just kind of getting it to him out in the flat and let him run people over. I, I think Brock Bauer is going to have a big game. I, I, it's it's about to happen, I think, and I think it's going to happen against Florida. Um, both teams run the ball well. Florida does a really good job. You know, they've got three guys averaging over six and a half yards of carry, and that's basically how they're living right now. But Anthony Richardson is really fun to watch. He played great against Tennessee when we did him. Had huge numbers, and it was just, you know, really exciting to watch him play. He's just really inconsistent. And if he plays a great game, Florida's got a chance. If he doesn't, Kirby's defense will get after him for sure. I didn't hear anything Brad Nessler just said because I was looking at all the sports memorabilia he had in the background there. Uh, Jake, you've been on the record talking about Anthony Richardson's game against Tennessee and maybe what that says about Tennessee's defense instead of uh, Florida's offense, but it is what it is. What kind of problems can Anthony Richardson present for Georgia this week? You know, he he can present problems that elite athletes can present for you. And and listen, I've been very critical of him this year because, man, you want to talk about the valleys. The the valleys dig deep trenches into the ground. Um, You know, you got to get low to, to be where Anthony Richardson has been when he's been bad. Um, but but the good is in there. Like, it's in there. Uh, is it in there against a defense as good as Georgia's? I don't know. Um, but, you know, he's he's big. He's strong. He's hard to bring down. He's fast. He can rip off long runs against you. He's got a really good arm. Like, uh, good arm 
Does that, does that mean there's a lot of arm talent? Does it mean a lot of accuracy and the ability to layer throws in there? No, it's not. I mean, sometimes he tries to kill a gnat with a sledgehammer, um, you know, with the way he throws the football. But, it, I mean, you know, sometimes that's fitting the ball in the tight spaces, and then other times it's bouncing off of a guy's hands for a pick. Uh, so, you know, he, he's he's got to – He's got to play well for, for them to beat Georgia. I don't think there's a great chance of it happening, but I'm not ruling it out either. It's one of those, like, if you get the one out of 10, one out of 20, Anthony Richardson, you might get yourself in some trouble. I just remember people geeking out about uh, uh, Anthony Richardson's athletic ability and the fact that he could do backflips and back handsprings and all that stuff. And none of that really matters if you're throwing it to N'Kobe Dean. You know, none of that matters if you're throwing it to Christopher Smith, you know, but with Georgia's depth issues now, potentially in the uh, defensive backfield with Dan Jackson out, I don't know. I just wonder. I, I wonder about these little wrinkles, these little developments in uh, in Georgia's depth that could present some issues in a rivalry game. It's it's but it's next man up. And that's why you've recruited the way you've recruited. I mean, you got. And I know that I'm not going to bring up all safeties here, but you got Tyke Smith and Javon Bullard. Kirby says both have worked at safety. David Daniel Sisfon uh, has been around for a couple, two or three years now. He is a good player. He's a guy that can help him out. Um, he's a highly recruited guy. Dalen Everett is a guy that I would you know look to as maybe somebody who could move in there and allow somebody else to move around. Um, you know, because I'm sitting there, if I'm George, I'm sitting there thinking like, hey, what are you going to do against Tennessee? Well. I'm I'm seeing if I can get Dalen Everett ready to play corner and Kamari Lasseter to slide down and play star because that's the spot he's played before. Um, you know, I'm I'm considering options like that just to try and get as many, you know, big long defenders on the field that you can possibly get out there to kind of defend what Tennessee's gonna do. But we're talking about Florida here and and obviously Georgia's a little thinner at safety. They're going to have to depend on a guy with less experience than Dan Jackson if, if, if something happens on the injury front. And, um, you know, it's they, – they, margin for error is slimmer, and that's just all there is to it. I mean, we've seen weird things happen in this rivalry. What's the strangest Georgia-Florida game that comes to mind for you? And for me, it's 2002. I mean, Ron Zook and Rex Grossman, did that team have any business beating – that Georgia team, absolutely not. I'm not. What a strange game. I'm not saying that that's going to happen this year. I just mean, you know, when you when you make that long trip down to Jacksonville, you think about those games. And there's a few years ago, I was still working in TV, and I drove down with a fellow reporter who was not from the South. George, it was 2017, and Georgia was huge favorites in that one too. I'm sure. I don't remember what the spread was, but I was just like, look, man. Anything can happen in this game. And he just saw, you know, Michelle and Chubb, and rightfully so. They were awesome. Uh, and he was laughing at me for kind of giving him that wary eye. Like, things can happen, and people don't get that. They don't understand if they haven't been steeped in the tradition of this game and how weird Jacksonville can be. Exactly. Georgia was a 13-and-a-half point favorite in 2017. Well, they, they covered are, that one for sure. They are 22-and-a-half point favorites on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I have not watched as many Georgia-Florida games as y'all have, um, but I will say it, it's, it's games like those that you're mentioning that make it really difficult to see Georgia covering 22-and-a-half. Um, you know, we, we talked about the spread on, on a, our crossover with the Gators online show today. 
Um, and, and it's, it's a lot. That is a lot of points. And I don't know if I see Georgia covering it. I, I do see, you know, spoiler alert here. I do see Georgia winning it. Um, but it would not surprise me to see this one be a little bit closer because of just how weird things can get in this rivalry with, with these two teams and the emotions of the game involved. I'm going to go ahead and uh, pull up your combo with Nick. Nick De La Torre from uh, our On3 Florida site. Uh, Palmer had a great combo with him. Y'all check out the full combo with uh, Nick and with Brad Nessler as soon as we're done with this. Of course, we have a lot more uh, riveting Georgia-Florida content to get to. But uh, without further delay, here's Nick De La Torre with his insight from a Georgia-Florida uh, rival perspective of what the Gators are expecting from this game. A wild spread, but then I look at it and I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, that can happen. Um, 22 and a half for, for a conference game, for a rivalry, um, you know, I think it's a lot. I, I go and I look and I'm like, well, they struggled a little bit against Kent State and that Missouri game was tough. But then I look at it and I'm like, well, I, I watched Missouri. I watched them live. That's a really good front seven. And they could give a bunch of people problems. Um, I, I don't think Florida... I don't think Georgia will cover the spread. I think Florida can keep it close. I've seen some crazy games in Jacksonville. Uh, will Muschamp literally was so bad against Georgia. Florida fans were calling him a Georgia plant. Um, I watched him, you know, pull a make-believe monkey off his back at his press conference when they were able to beat them. Now, I think Will Muschamp, nobody will enjoy beating Florida uh, more than Kirby Smart, who played there and, and coaches there, and Will Muschamp, who played there and coaches there and was run off by the fan base. Uh, that, that that cut in with, with Nick going wild spread had me cracking up. Yeah, I should have faded that in a little bit more. That was that, <laughs> that surprised me too. Um, here's the deal. I'm not going to give away like my, my pick or anything like that, but I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. When I just look at the numbers of these teams and what they've done to this point in the season, it's Halloween coming up in a few days. The ghost of Todd Grantham is still here on defense, on third down specifically for the Gators. And it's even worse. They're the second to worst team in the country on third down, guys. And Georgia is like top 10, I believe, in converting, if I'm not mistaken. They're they're at least top 20. Um when I think about things like that, and that's just one one data point, of course. When I think about things like that, though, and I think about how dominant Georgia is and how deep they are, it makes me wonder if it can't be one of those games again where Georgia is just hammering it in the fourth quarter and running the clock out with a pretty substantial lead. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the a cover is out of the question. It, it is a lot of points, and I don't know if I would want to put my money there. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of more fun picking games like this when you don't actually have any money on. The oh, line. yeah, it's great. Um, but um, I will say this. Uh, when we, it feels like a sucker line, it feels like a sucker bet because, you know, you're just like, there's no way this is easy money. Georgia's Georgia's not going to beat them by 20, 22 points. It's not going to happen. And so I feel like they're just kind of baiting people into it. And Vegas has got a way sometimes of throwing that line up there. And you're like, what, what am I looking at here? And then you think you've got it and you don't. I mean, and, and a lot of times in games like that, I don't know how they do it. I, I mean, I, I don't understand what the method is. But a lot of times you get into games like that and you're like, man, this line's out of control. And then end of the, you know, 
middle of the second quarter, you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm toast. You know, so I, I think that just, that just, just something that happens. And this feels a little bit like a sucker, sucker line. Vegas wasn't built on being wrong. No, not at all. Yeah. I've seen casino. I know how it works. I've, I've, uh, I understand what they're doing in those parking garages in the basements of these casinos. They they got people under there figuring things out and, uh, and making somehow deals they with the devil. Somehow they know. Yep. Uh, I want to uh, shout out our one dollar for a year deal. We mention it every week, but it is still up there. It's still active. And for all the dogs fans out there, hungry, thirsty for premium Georgia insight down the stretch, dogshq.com, $1 for one year for our premium info. I'm, I'm worried about Uncle Glenn Hartley. I'm, I'm worried about Uncle so Glenn Hartley. So I need to address what happened with Glenn Hartley. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it and I was like, oh, no, Wes, what have you done? He's been blocked for five minutes, it says, all right? I think the five minutes should be up, or maybe he just left. I think you did. Might, you did that on accident. I did it on accident because sexfind.com uh, or whatever was God. was dropping in and spamming us. So I blocked them, and you know they get in through Palmer's cookies. <laughs> it's yeah, it's Palmer's cookies for yeah, sure. Sorry guys. Um, and I double clicked it, and it blocked Uncle Glenn Hartley. And Uncle Glenn is our number one fan on the show. He's and in I'm here. so I, like, sorry. I feel I feel terrible right now. I don't think y'all understand how bad I feel. Um, and this wasn't just wasn't the week to do it. He's my back. Man, my He's man, back. My He's man, back. Mean, there he is. <laughs> Uncle Glenn's back. Uh, my man, Mean Mugging Mutt's talking about drinking Bush Light Apple right now. Yeah, it's the cocktail. I didn't even party. know that was a thing. Cocktail party. Well, is Bushlight Apple an actual uh, yeah. product, or is, is. Mean Mug and Butt just stirring up the apple juice, the uh, and mixing it with his Bush Lights? Yeah, it tastes like a manmosa. Tastes like you know, like a manmosa where you use like a PBR or Natty Light or whatever, and you pour it in orange juice. Uh, yeah. This tastes like a manmosa with bush light just poured in apple juice. Okay. I was thinking it might be like a uh, cider kind of deal. No, nah, it's not cidery. It's not like bitter okay. or like that sour taste. It reminds me of uh, the kid on our high school football bus who used to dip skull apple, which is a flavor that just doesn't <laughs> – maybe if you're trying to get into the dipping game, that's your flavor, but uh, not too appetizing. Um all right, y'all. We, we've we've talked about the weird things. We talked about the strange things in Georgia, Florida. Uh, let's get to our favorite segment every Wednesday. We're gonna chop some wood. Palmer Tom's. I haven't uh, put you in the lead up slot in a couple of weeks here. What are you chopping wood about? All right, so I am gonna chop wood. Um, I feel like I tend to chop wood about basketball a lot, but today's basketball conversation of chopping okay. wood this is uh, a safe space well it was one that we it was a conversation that we had with kenny mcintosh uh and broderick jones today um need to get those videos posted on the dogs hq youtube uh channel but um kenny mcintosh and and broderick jones two very talented high school basketball players were talking about uh you know if if they were to make a, a starting five out of this georgia team 
who would be their starting five. Kenny thinks he's the best player uh, that, that Georgia has. Um, and, and admittedly, I did not know this, but he played uh, some b- basketball growing up with the likes of Scotty Barnes, um, some really talented players in the NBA. Um, Roderick thinks that he's the best player on this team. Uh, Kenny says that he is a defensive lockdown machine uh, that, that, that could shut down Broderick, could shut down Darnell. Uh, his only concern is he's got to shoot over those guys too. So Here's the deal. Um, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much basketball you played. You're not shutting down Darnell Washington. <laughs> I don't know. He, he thought he could. He thought he could. Um, said Darnell wouldn't get past him. But um, I'm, I'm with you, Wes. I don't know how anyone shuts down Darnell, a six foot seven, uh, 275-pound guy, uh, you know, in, in terms of football players trying to do that. Um, so curious what y'all think on that topic. Who would y'all's starting five for this Georgia team be? Uh, and if you need a little bit more time, um, I, I've got some guys in mind. I'll, I'll take a stab at it. I'll go, um, I'll go Stetson at point. He can see the floor. He can distribute. That's an easy one. Uh, I would put Darnell. Uh, I'd put Darnell in the post. Uh, I'd put. I mean, the tight ends are always the most athletic guys, anyway, right? So um, just all across the board. Uh, so Darnell and then Brock, maybe. Um, I think I think Brock can probably hoop. I think he can shoot from the perimeter, and then. Let's see your guards. Hmm. I think guards you're going. I want a healthy, a healthy AD Mitchell. And then you need someone in there to just kind of, kind of stir the pot a little bit. Um, once again, healthy. Someone that's willing to take a charge. A healthy Dan Jackson. Hmm. Hmm. I'm I, so I'm I'll chime in with my team here. Lad McConkey was a really good high school basketball player. Um, I'd throw him at the point. Um, I would have Kenny out there. Um, Jalen Carter, another guy that was a really good high school basketball player. I'd probably throw him. Um, probably, mm, probably in the four slot. Maybe I don't know how well he could shoot. You could consider him in the three and just go really big. Um, gotta have Darnell. Um, Broderick, if, if I were to go big, I would have Jalen at that three. Cause I think he's athletic enough that he can move and, and Broderick at the four um, with Darnell at the five. Um, but I, I, I think for my just typical lineup, I would go uh, lad, Kenny, I'd throw Jalen at the four. I'd throw Darnell at the five. And so I'm looking for that three slot. Mm. Man, if Richard LeCount was still on this team, he was a really good high school basketball player too. Um, I think you're thinking about it all wrong. I think I think you're going – I'll, I'll take Chris Smith. Chris Smith. Okay. Yeah. You're going too heavy on on guys that were actually good high school players when – I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who was and who wasn't. But you seem to have the inside track on it. I may be wrong on this, but I believe both Darius Smith and Malachi Starks were pretty good high school basketball players. I don't know about Malachi, but I do know Darius was. Yeah. And Malachi so is a good enough athlete that I'm sure he's a yeah, good I'm gonna player. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my backcourt of Kenny McIntosh and uh and uh uh Malachi Starks. 
I'm going to put Darius Smith at the three, Darnell at the four, Broderick at the five. And we're going we're gonna to beat all of your teams. So, <laughs> Round robin of our teams. Uh, Jake, what are you chopping wood about? All right. I am going to chop. So listen, I need to tell you guys about my fantasy team. I've got th- three of them. Not Nobody likes this guy. Nobody, nah, nobody likes the guy that talks about their fantasy team. Trust okay. me. I, this we'll was this is a joke. We'll see. Maybe we do. Maybe we You like lunged. That. You lunged at that. I trolled you, Palmer. Ah. You've been trolled. Uh, no, listen, I wouldn't dare talk about a fantasy team. I actually don't have one. I hadn't had one for about three years now, and it's very liberating. Um, you know, I, I struggled to come up with uh, with chopping wood, but but I am going to chop wood on Dan Jackson. And I wrote this today in my insider piece. Um, listen, I'm, I'm not of the opinion that Dan Jackson's an All-American safety. Okay, I'm not. I'm not of the opinion that Dan Jackson is one of the better safeties in the SEC. I'm not. But he's a polarizing figure because he's a walk-on playing a position uh, and and starting some games for a national championship team last year. Everything he does wrong gets magnified. Everything he does right gets magnified. There's two sides. It's Democrat and Republican. You're picking a side on Dan Jackson, okay? And I've always tried to kind of play it down the middle. Dan Jackson's a good player. Um, Dan Jackson's gettable. Dan Jackson does a lot of good things for you. Dan Jackson is not going to make a ton of plays for you as from the, his defensive back position. He's going to be in the right place, right time. Maybe keep teams from doing certain things that they wanted to do because he kind of was able to play the play his role and snuff it out and cover a guy that they were trying to, you know, get loose. Whatever. Well, I, Palmer brought it up earlier, and and one thing that just kind of got me thinking, and, and it got me thinking. I talked to a source who brought up, well. He sure he sure stepped up to the plate last for us last year against Tennessee. That's what that source told me. And I got to thinking about it. And I went back and I looked at that game this morning. Not the whole thing, but a lot of the second half. Uh, and Dan Jackson was playing strong safety, and Chris Smith was his star. I tell you what, I don't know if Tennessee just had a brain fart and just decided not to do it or whatever. But they weren't they weren't treating him like they were treating Helms. For, for Alabama a couple weeks ago with Jalen Hyatt. Um, so, you know, I know that they're a little bit – I don't know. They don't have Cedric Tillman now. They they haven't had Cedric Tillman for a while, and they had Cedric Tillman against Georgia. had over 200 yards receiving. But um, Dan Jackson is a loss for this football team from a leadership standpoint, from a depth standpoint, um, from a helped Georgia win a national title, was on the football field when that thing got clinched. Um, and like Wes said, took a shot for the ages to, to help get uh, uh, Keely Ringo into the end zone. It's a loss, guys. And, uh, you know, I think Georgia, if Georgia can stay lucky, Georgia can stay fortunate and, you know, knock on all the wood that they can get near, they'll stay healthy at safety and, and it won't be as big of a miss. But I'm telling you, they're one snap away from missing him really, really bad. Yeah, it's tough. It, it is tough from a depth standpoint and from a heart and soul standpoint. Special teams, guys, you know, we talked on the show a few times about running plays that just spark and light your team up. And Dan has made quite a few of those on special teams, too. And uh, I'm with you, man. I I don't think when you look at the snap count, you look at who's on the field, how many times and all that, you say, oh, Dan doesn't really make that big of an impact. But you guys have dug into the X's and O's of of – the kinds of packages where he did come in on the field 
for this team this season, not just last year. And when you come and you look at things like that, it, it, it is a miss. It, it is something that Georgia uh, could potentially really, really miss. Um, Wes, before you chop wood here, have you noticed what's going on in our comment section? Yeah, I'm going to address that in a moment. Okay, uh, I just need you to understand what's going on over here. This is this. Is I'm like a thing. cat in a room full of rocking chairs right now with all this, this is a, back and forth. I feel like we're the sideshow. Yeah, I think so. This is beautiful, though. Like, what's what's going on, I mean, with the Hartleys here? Yeah. Is this Todd's? Is this Todd's parents? Coach Todd Hartley? I can only hope. I'm a big Todd guy. Todd, Todd, Todd. Um, I'm chopping wood about you guys, Gator Killers conversation. Uh, Ro, you wrote about it today. The Gator Killers in Georgia, Florida history. And – I think I've chopped wood about Stetson a couple times this year, but I'm going to go for it again. Stetson Bennett needs to be a Gator killer this week. He needs it for his legacy in this game, and I think he needs it for this point in Georgia's season. Uh, he didn't have the best game statistically against Florida last year. The offense started slowly, and the defense made some huge plays, some momentum plays right before half, and uh, people don't really remember – just how much of a nail-biter that was up until a few minutes left in the second quarter there. Uh, Stetson turns one of the turnovers into a very, very difficult touchdown throw to Kiaris Jackson, and Kiaris made an even better catch. But uh, obviously the Gators knocked Stetson out of the 2020 game, derailed his season there, and I think Stetson needs to add his name to this list of guys like Jarvis Jones. Vince Dooley. Who else did you have on the list? Herschel Walker, obviously. Yeah, Robert Todd Edwards. Gurley, Robert Jake Fromm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Stetson needs to step up. And uh, he needs to show the Gators that this isn't, uh, yeah, but we beat Stetson. Yeah, but we bottled Stetson up. This needs to be a uh, this needs to be a Stetson game. So I'm chopping what about Stetson Bennett down in Jacksonville. All right, let's get to uh, – I'm going to get to the comments. First, you guys know that you need a new shirt. You need a new Georgia shirt from BreakingT.com. And I'm chopping wood about that, too, as I do every week. But uh, that Georgia shirt you're wearing right now, look at it. It's probably in your hamper. You don't even want to wear it to the grocery store because it's so old. It's from uh, it, it says 2002 SEC champions on it. That shirt's 20 years old. Why are you still wearing it? Go to BreakingT.com. Look at what they got. Mailman, Feel the Bowers, Savage Pads, Chris Smith, Darnell Washington, Burn the Boats. They even got a national champs that looks like a, well, a well-renowned waffle breakfast establishment. So popular it's sold out, Wes. That's right. So you can't even get that one either. But – BreakingT.com has other shirts that you can get. BreakingT.com slash DogsHQ. And the link is available in this episode description, whether you're listening on podcast or watching on YouTube. All right, so in the comments, guys, uh, I'm going to have to do a lot of reading here. Part of the reason why I haven't addressed a lot of comments today was because very early in the show, Tyler Brennan had a comment that said Gator fans wear jean shorts and i'm pandering to our audience so i just left it up for most of the show but 
there's something else going on. So I banned Uncle Glenn Hartley on accident. And then I don't know if this is a burner account or if this is real, but then Kristen Kirkus Hartley comes in and says, Uncle Glenn Hartley is married to a huge Clemson Tiger fan with three exclamation points. Hashtag house divided. Hashtag go Tigers. And then Matthew C. says, don't make Wes block you. Uncle Glenn says, ban the Clemson fan, please. <laughs> um, and then uh, Matthew C. asks, how can you allow orange in your house, Uncle Glenn? So it's like a domestic dispute right now yeah, in the comments. Yeah, it is. We, 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 need to, we need to stop laughing. Kristen says she had to wait to wear her championship shirt until Georgia won a championship. She's mad because we don't watch Tigers HQ. That's not even a thing. ClemsonSports.com. Check them out. Some accusations of a cult at Clemson for Matthew C. The I pay 10 a year cult. I don't know. Look at the checklist of things that are cults. They sure. it might it might check a few boxes. I but we uh we do appreciate that. I'm glad you pointed it out, Jake. Yeah, I I was uh I flipped over there and I started reading it and I was like, man, you know, we got man and wife um in our YouTube. I mean, are they sitting there on their iPads? Like that's what I'm wondering. What kind of atmosphere is this in the living room right now? Yeah. Did um, did did Kristen Hartley, Miss Mrs. Hartley have to pull it up because Glenn was that's what I was wondering. That's that's Glenn Glenn was he was going through withdrawal. We're we're we are we are Uncle Glenn stories. You know, like my grandmother used to have. We need, like, we need to get Uncle lives. Glenn on the podcast one week. We we used to have my guys. I'm Uncle have, Glenn. My grandmother used to have days of our lives in another world and General Hospital and stuff. I mean, we she called them her stories, and uh, and we are Uncle Glenn stories. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Uncle Glenn. I'll yeah, make an too. Uncle Glenn T-shirt. Breaking Tea can sell that one. Um. Please subscribe to the show. We had a massive influx of subscribers today. Bots. And this is all thanks to Jake Rowe and uh, his willingness to share this on his personal Facebook channel. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, folks, from back home down in Pearson, Georgia, and the, and the like for, uh, for uh, joining up. And I uh, hope you guys tuned in tonight and watched. But a uh, huge thanks. Love you guys. Love Pearson. You guys are great. Yeah, so we're close to a thousand subscribers now, and that's obviously a big benchmark for us. I, I think we might we might find a, an incentive. Maybe it's a free shirt from Breaking Tea or something like that for whoever hits that thousand mark for us. We'll huddle and and see if we can't come up with something there. But um, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, obviously, this is a a new deal. It's our first season together doing this uh, initiative and and just cutting it up with these shows and obviously uh, keeping you up to date with all the press conferences and everything else that goes on and, and the recruiting news as well. So uh, thanks for everyone that does subscribe and does watch us. Uh, Y'all are just as much a part of this as we are, 100%. if not a bigger part as uncle Glenn and Kristen Hartley have displayed tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Georgia, Florida coming up in a few days, we'll get back together after the game. So y'all won't really hear from, uh, all of us together until that game's gone final. Can't wait to see what happens. Dogshq.com. Uh, we will have our staff predictions um, on this game and other games around the college football landscape. 
that is a premium story. So uh, $1 still, you can have this site access for a year. I don't know what y'all are waiting on if you haven't done it already. For Jake and Palmer, Brad Nessler, Nick De La Torre, uh, and everybody else, and the Hartleys too, y'all settle your disputes, okay? Uh, stay safe. We'll catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.